0: Thank you for listening to Ask the Pastor, a segment of the West Hills Podcast where you have the opportunity to ask and receive biblical answers on your questions from our lead pastor, Will Duval. I'm your host, Allie Keaton, and I'm really excited to dive into our question this week. This week's question comes to us from Polly, and she asks, I'd like to know about tithing. How do I decide how much to give to our church versus other causes? Can I give less than 10% to my church and give some more to other causes?
1: Okay. So uh, let's just go ahead and get the obvious out of the way here first. Uh, There's only one Polly that I know of at West Hills. So, hey, babe, uh, how are you doing? Uh, Polly is actually not doing well today. Um, Hillary's home with the stomach bug, so y'all can just pray for our whole household at the moment. But enough about us. Let's talk about tithing. So uh, my wife's question was, how do I decide how much to give to the church versus other causes? Can I give less than 10% to my church? if I'm giving some to other causes so I'm gathering from her question here um it's really she's wondering more about where your tithe goes um, your 10 percent than about the tithe itself but before I even address that we've got to back up and address um, some of these underlying assumptions in her question uh, and induce a little bit of just teaching and explanation about this whole concept to begin with so uh, the first underlying assumption here implicit in Polly's question is that there is this thing called the tithe. And so what is that? Let's examine uh, the most relevant text here together. We've got Deuteronomy 14, 22 to 29. It's probably the longest uh, passage specifically to the tithe. You shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year and before the Lord your God and the place that he will choose to make his name dwell there. You shall eat the tithe of your grain, of your wine, of your oil, And the firstborn of your herd and flock that you may learn to fear the lord your god always and if the way is too long for you so that you're not able to carry the tithe when the lord your god blesses you because the place is too far from you which the lord your god chooses to set his name there then you shall turn it into money and bind up the money on your hand Uh, in your hand, and go to the place that the Lord God chooses, and spend the money for whatever you desire, oxen or sheep, wine or strong drink, whatever your appetite craves. And you shall eat there before the Lord your God, and rejoice, you and your household. And you shall not neglect the Levite who is within your towns, for he has no portion or inheritance with you. At the end of every three years, you shall bring out all Uh, the tithe of your produce in the same year and lay it up within your towns and the Levite because he has no portion or inheritance with you and the sojourner the fatherless the widow who are within your towns, shall come and eat and be filled that the Lord your God may bless you and all the work of your hands that you do Uh, shorter passage this time Leviticus 27 30 to 32 every tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wishes to redeem some of his tithe, he shall add a fifth to it, and every tithe of the herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that passes under the herdsman's staff, shall be holy to the Lord. Now, before we even broach the question of whether we ought to be tithing or not, and where and how, let's first make sure we understand what it is. The tithe literally means tenth, that's all it means. Um, Here's how it's described by GotQuestions.org, which by the way is a phenomenal resource for the church. Um, I pull most of my answers to your questions either from Piper's Ask Pastor John or MacArthur's Grace For You or GotQuestions.org here. So here's how they explain the tithe. The tithe was a requirement of the law in which the Israelites were to give 10% of the crops they grew and the livestock they raised to the tabernacle or temple. In fact, the Old Testament law required multiple tithes, one for Levites, one for the use of the temple and the feast, and one for the poor of the land, which would have pushed the total giving amount to around 23.3%. Now, some understand the Old Testament tithe has a method of taxation to provide for the needs of the priests and the Levites in the sacrificial system. All right, so we'll back now. Uh, so the first tithe recorded in Scripture was Genesis 14 when Abram offers Melchizedek, the king of Salem, a tenth of his spoils from war after Abram's troops defeated uh, Kedor Loamur, king of Elam, or however you say that, and his allies. And that's a really rich story uh, with symbolic meaning. Um, and then we hear about Jacob's tithe in Genesis 28. Uh, after his famous encounter with God and a dream at Bethel. And he uh, promises God, in verse 22, Of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Uh, we could also consider Numbers 18, uh, 21 and 26, Deuteronomy 12, 17, Deuteronomy 26, 12 through 14, 2 Chronicles 31, 5 to 6, Nehemiah 10, Malachi 3. There's a lot in the Old Testament there. and, and one, But one thing that should stand out to us about all these texts is what I just referenced. They're all from the Old Testament. In fact, we only find the words tithe or tenth once in the entire New Testament. It's in Matthew 23, 23, and the parallel passage from Luke eleven, forty-two, 42, where Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Now, there are two massively significant takeaways uh, for us to note about in that passage, and I think it speaks to Polly's second assumption in her question. So Polly seems to assume that she should be giving 10% to the church, or at least to some charitable cause, to ministry. And that's what she is really asking here. Can I split my tithe up between the church and parachurch ministries? Uh, like, for instance, if, if we as a family sponsor a few kids through Compassion International, we donate to Allie periodically for um, her global village project in Uganda, do I deduct that out of my tithe? Polly is assuming that uh, the tithe is still the New Testament model for giving. Uh, but two things stand out to me here about Jesus' words in Matthew 23. Number one, the tithe is not what is most important. And yet, number two we still ought to at least tithe. And so let's take those two in turn. For starters, the only reference to tithing here in the whole New Testament comes in the context of Jesus criticizing the Pharisees for doing it. And that is significant. Uh, You all have heard me say from the pulpit a number of times recently, God cares most about our hearts. And when we see that at work here again, it turns out that we can give our 10% Faithfully, just like the Pharisees and stand condemned before Jesus. Why? Because our generosity is and ought to be a matter of the heart. And so my life group is reading through the new Testament this year. And it just so happens we are currently in the most informative book on this topic of giving and the whole canon of scripture at second Corinthians, which was written basically as a, a missionary letter from Paul to request funding. Um, We just studied chapter 9 yesterday, so I'll start in verse 5. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift that you have promised, so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his own heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he is distributed freely, he is given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. In many thanksgivings to God. There's so many beautiful things that I love about that passage. I love how Paul ties our giving explicitly back to the gospel. He says we give to bless others because of how much we realize that we have been so richly and eternally blessed in Christ. That's our motive for giving. That's why we give with a cheerful heart because of the gospel and how much we've been giving. And then our goal. That's our motive. Our goal, the purpose of our giving, verse 12, is not just to supply the needs of the saints, but ultimately we realize that it is by doing that, by supplying the needs of the saints, that our generosity might overflow in many thanksgivings to God. That this is ultimately about God getting glory. So I help you out, or, or the, help church, the church helps each other out, not just for your sake, for, for the church's sake, but that you might bless and praise and glorify God because of his provision. His provision. And that's what we've got to remember when it comes to giving. That's probably the most fundamental thing to remember. Is that we're not really giving. Like, God is the only one who can give. Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I will depart. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I didn't supply myself with even the most basic thing as my my life itself, the air in my lungs. Everything that I have, I have received as a gift gift from a good and gracious, generous God. I am merely a steward of the resources that he's chosen to give me. He gives some people more than he gives others. That's his prerogative. It's not about how much he gives us, and it's not about how much we, in turn, give, so much as it's about our hearts. Um, And So we're going to study Mark 12 in a a couple weeks, uh, the widow's mite. And Jesus says, you know, even though she gives a few pennies compared to the 10th that the Pharisees make a show about giving uh, in, in the church coffers. Um, but in Jesus's eyes, because of her heart. And we might add, I, I would say there is, and, and we'll preach about, I'll preach about this, so I'll just leave it. But I, I do think there's a component of the percentage of her gift. She, he, he commends her because he says she has put everything that she had in. Like she's all in. Um, that's what's most important here. And so the second point from Jesus' words there in Matthew 23, 23, I think that we ought to at least tithe. Because Jesus tells the Pharisees, these you ought to have done. He, he actually does commend them for tithing. He says, sure, you ought to tithe your mint, your dill, your cumin, your salary, your stock earnings. That's all good to do. You ought to still do that at least. But... He says, without neglecting the others, justice, mercy, faithfulness, the weightier um, things, the heart things of the law. And so here's the thing you can uh, legalistically and hypocritically give a tenth of your income to the church and not have love for God and love for neighbor in your heart. But can you, let's reverse that, can you love God and love neighbor and not give at least a tenth away? Who I gotta be honest, I don't I don't know. Like I, I I'm a little on the fence. I mean, is it theoretically possible for someone to love God and love neighbor with all their heart and not give at least a tenth away? Maybe. Maybe. Now I'll go back to 2 Corinthians 8 here, starting in verse 12. If if the readiness is there, Paul says, um, he, he, he's he's told them, like he's already primed them, and they've already told him, yeah, we're going to give, he's, so he's like, Paul's making good on these pledge offerings here. If the readiness is there, Paul says, it is acceptable according to what a, perp- a person has, not according to what he does not have, for I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their needs so that their abundance may supply your need uh, that there may be fairness as it is written Who- whoever gathered much had nothing left over whoever gathered little had no lack that's a beautiful little proverb so paul is clear it doesn't do any good for you to give so much that now you are burdened and someone else has to turn around and take care of you financially but the idea rather is is that corinth you guys are blessed right now so you take care of jerusalem the church there in uh, and, and your abundance and in their lack and then when the tables are turned and if there's a time of plenty in Jerusalem and a time when its things are strapped in Corinth they ought to do the same and, and so that's the New T- Testament picture of giving you, you want the New Testament picture of giving it's the church in Acts chapter 2 Where we hear they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of the bread and prayers, and all came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. First century Christianity was communism. let's just call it what it is. It was communism. They had all things in common. Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 32, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And you remember... What happened, right, to the folks that did not uh, do this, that, that that held back anything from the Lord? We hear in the very next chapter, chapter five. I won't read the whole thing. Ananias and Sapphira, you remember that? They were struck dead. And so all of this is to say, Polly, asking on behalf of others at the church, she's not the only one wondering this. It's, it's actually a good question. You know, how do I parse this out? Ten percent is that the church. Is that, you know, parachurch? Uh, but but here, here's what I want to say about it. If we're asking, do I have to give a full 10% to the church, if I'm also giving to parachurch ministries, or do I deduct that? With all due respect, which is a lot because she's my wife, uh, but I think that perhaps we're asking the wrong question. I think that the question we ought to ask is that acknowledging that it all belongs to the Lord, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, Psalm 5010, that I am just a steward that he has made it clear in his word that he wants at least a tenth, maybe as much as 23.3% in the Old Testament, maybe as much as everything in the New Testament. Remember, Jesus came not to abolish the Old Testament tithe law, but to fulfill it, Matthew 5.17. And with respect to all the other Old Testament laws about adultery, murder, divorce in Matthew chapter 5, we see Jesus raising the bar, not lowering it. You've heard it said, but I say to you, he's raising the bar. And so in consideration of all of that, I think the better question would be, um, how much can I absolutely get by on? Like, what is essential for me to live off of with respect to my finances, without being a burden to the church, without others having to step in and financially support me, uh, and then w- with whatever is left over, I want to I desire to give as much as possible of the rest back to the Lord, um, whether that's to the church or parachurch ministries or otherwise. But to be really frank about it, I mean, if that doesn't include at least a 10% tithe to your local church, then frankly, I would just say it's time to either find a church that you believe in enough that you want to support financially, or it's time to reassess your family budget and take a good hard look at things. Um, Maybe you're living outside your means. Uh, But here's the sad reality. Studies show that less than 10% of regular churchgoers today tithe. Less than 10%. And and if 10% is a minimum suggested offering, less than 10% are willing to give the minimum. Um, And on average, and this is now factoring in the Rick Warrens of the world who reverse tithe, who give 90% to the church, uh, and he's a multimillionaire, factoring all those people in, right? The average for American church-going Christians to give is about 2% of their income to the church. And that's just really sad. I think we can do better. Uh, I, I know we can do better. I haven't crunched the numbers for West Hills Giving, so I'm not getting super personal right now. Um, I plan to do that in advance of my giving sermon uh, that I'll preach in November um, in advance of our annual church business meeting to give kind of update on where we're at in terms of, I mean, this is a, a, a huge indicator of discipleship. Um, but let me just reiterate what I've already said when I floated that request a few weeks ago um, to step it up so we can get our HVAC unit replaced and get some uh, AC back in the building. I pray that come November and come my sermon, come business meeting, that I will simply be able to celebrate and to encourage and to thank the people of West Hills for the generosity and not have to make a sales pitch. I want to be able to say with the Apostle Paul once again in 2 Corinthians 9.13, as a result of your ministry, men will give glory to God. Thank you. (laughs) For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ, and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace that God has given you. Amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Well, for answering such an important question and for encouraging us to rethink how we are using the gifts that God has given us. That's it for this week's episode of Ask the Pastor. Remember, as always, you can ask your questions each week at the info bar at West Hills or submitting them online through our website at westhillsstl.org. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast already, we encourage you to do do so through whatever podcast app that you're using. And thanks for listening.